and scene. Mm-hmm. Yay! Yay. Uh, uh, question: Has right on our time. group of investigators ever been paid for a job we've performed? No, no. We've always followed the job <laughs> more, not the money. We do pro bono. Maybe. Maeve would be quite surprised to learn this. And she would also be like, that explains the headquarters. <laughs> <laughs> this explains so much. I mean, you didn't see all of the office. <laughs> there was an area behind you, perhaps. <laughs> the outhouse. Thanks for joining us again for episode two of Tales of. I'm Jan, your host and GM, and I'm joined tonight with my friends and our wonderful cast. Uh, let's get a round of proper player introduction this time. Hi, I'm Erica, and I'm playing Maeve. I'm Fabio, and I'm playing Connor O'Leary. I'm Charles, and I'm playing Jack. I'm Mike, and I'm playing Lloyd. So, I hope you enjoyed getting to know our characters in our previous pilot episode. From now on, I'd like to kick off our episodes with a bit of a round of fun facts, questions, getting to know your characters, some little little bit of treats, a little bit of tidbits here and there about um, your guys' characters. So for starters today, let's begin with just a little bit about your character's background, Uh, a bit about their family, a bit about their childhood, them growing up. That's not a question. Tell me about it, Erica. That is a request. Got it. Uh, Maeve is an only child. She grew up in upstate New York, uh, in the Hudson Valley area, and both her parents are still alive. So that's nice. But yeah, no, no siblings. She had a very like quiet, studious childhood up until the war. Um, during which her family assisted with the Underground Railroad. Is this the Civil War we're talking about here? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. And what did her what did her family do before the Underground Railroad? I haven't decided that yet. <laughs> <laughs> All right then, Fabio. Why don't you tell us a little bit about Connor? Connor grew up in. The countryside outside Dublin in Wicklow. Um, He uh, was the son of uh, a a reasonably well-off family. They owned landed gentry, which uh, led to him joining the army. Um, And he was a... I was just trying to decide, was he a withdrawn or a rambunctious child? <laughs> <laughs> rambunctious. It was definitely, definitely one of those. I think rambunctious. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, um, prone to prone to getting into scrapes, going on adventures. Um, he uh, idolized um, one of the uh, generals from one of the, the Irish rebellions and named his dog after him in later life. And, um, yeah, that's, yeah, he was, he was always getting his nose into things. 
Does he does he have any siblings? He had uh yes, he had a younger or would have he would have had a younger brother, but he died in child. Oh. So it was a very grim house after that. Hmm. I see. So that's why maybe he went off to find adventures in new lands. Exactly. Huh. And probably those military adventures is what kind of changed his character quite a bit. Uh, they certainly gave him a discipline that he had been lacking, uh, possibly true to parents who were very withdrawn in their grief and didn't provide much discipline at home. I need to put sad violence <laughs> into this. <laughs> No, that's good. That's fine. I mean, this is not the most sunniest of settings. <laughs> it's not, no. <laughs> <laughs> but it sounds like Connor has found some sunshine later in life, so. Uh, yes, I think so. Hmm. I, yeah, I, I mean, not all of his adventures and investigations have been dark. Mm -hmm. There's been plenty of slapstick comedy along the way, <laughs> I am quite sure. And I'm sure we'll uncover more as Absolutely. we go. Absolutely. All right, Charles. What about Jacques? Um, <clears throat> let me take his accent. Uh, Jacques. Oh, Jacques is uh, actually a uh, descendant of uh, nobility. Uh, <clears throat> yes, uh, he, 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 if anybody knows anything about French uh, history around that time, it's, it's post the revolution. And um, a lot of nobles retained a strange amount of power during this time. Uh, as a such, there there were a few revolutions that happened aside from the main one that we know of, um, and uh, something interesting that happened uh, is that uh, he his parents came from big families, uh, and uh, he considered compared to others might have been quite a small family. There were there were uh, oh, let's see five children, but he did l l grow up uh, in in a certain amount of wealth. Uh, and and luxury and and things were afforded to him. Now his father was or his mother. They ask about his mother. Uh, sure, both of them. Both of them uh, were like seventh sons or, or seventh daughters or whatnot, which meant that they were had, they sorcerers. Yes. Uh, <laughs> no, but uh, uh, they had to go off and find their own colleen, uh, and they both found the calling of medicine and it was uh, growing around this uh this healthcare that uh, first drew uh, Jacques' interest in such things so yes that that's what first brought him to medicine can i ask you a question but uh, but please who is calling of medicine who <laughs> <laughs> good question uh, I don't know. <laughs> it was bigger brother who was always trying to compete with. Voila. Voila. <laughs> Although I, I couldn't. It's so... It, Colin does not sound good in French. This is the coulon, which is, is the French word for tights. So his brother was called tights. <laughs> Fuck it, it's canon. <laughs> it's canon now. Oh, no. <laughs> well, maybe we'll find out a bit more about his family a bit yes. later on. And yeah. the other unusual names. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> All right, Lloyd. How about a little bit about you? Uh, so Lloyd has a pretty typical 
edgy rogue backstory. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Classic. Yeah. He never knew his parents. He was abandoned at birth and ended up being raised by a cult um, where he and all the other lost children were indoctrinated. So that's... uh, that was his fun childhood. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know how, I probably shouldn't go too into depth about that, right? Leave something to the imagination. For yeah, now. you don't have to go into too much depth, but uh, maybe just like on that time when he was in the cult, like, were there any other kids that he felt were like his brothers and sisters or like what kind of, what kind of life? I feel, in a, being brought up by a cult, I imagine they were all kind of raised to think that they were family in some way or another, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Do we reckon they had names? Or was, how edgy do we want to go? <laughs> so here's a question, though. Now that Lloyd is post-cult, yeah. does he have contact with anyone still? Any of the other kids? That is a good question. I don't know. He definitely has one contact that he met that helped them escape. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. But I don't know about the other kids. Because mm-hmm. the whole thing was indoctrination and there's this specific person that uh, that helped him get over that. Mm-hmm. I don't think he does. I think he tries to distance himself from it as much as possible. Mm-hmm. He certainly has a hatred for cults. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the people that he probably uh, most felt like his family were the, were the gangs that he ran with after uh-huh. afterwards. Um, so. did, he, did he run with one particular gang or did he run with several over his life? He's worked with a bunch, but he fell in with uh, with a gang called the Bow Burners, um, there, which he stayed with for a few years before he uh, was allowed to leave, and he started his own independent business. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, let's oh, recap. No, no, I, have, I have a question for Lloyd, uh, mm-hmm. if that's okay. Uh, Lloyd, uh, your last name is Lloyd. Your first name is Lloyd, or is it just just Lloyd, or is it just 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 Lloyd, and his first name is Just? <laughs> no, it's Lloyd Lloyd. Oh, it's Lloyd Lloyd. Your so, name is not sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, question: Does that mean that there is like another Lloyd out there, like a, a Cassie Lloyd, Luigi or, Lloyd, or Luigi Lloyd, his long lost brother? Does, Are the two Lloyds a... spelled the same way? We. Oui. No, the other one is spelled with an I. <laughs> the, surname, the surname is spelled with an I. Is that like your the uh, Dark Lloyd or the Waluigi version of Lloyd? <laughs> dark Lloyd. <laughs> I don't think we need a Dark Lloyd. <laughs> Isn't this one the Dark Lloyd? <laughs> <laughs> totally not making notes about poor childhood cult members who could come back in the future. Hmm. Also named Lloyd. Also named Nega Lloyd. All right, so let's recap what happened in the last episode. We met Conor O'Leary, grizzled army vet and landed Irish gentry. Jacques de Beauregard, doctor, dandy and diva who may be considered to keep questionable company. And Lloyd, reformed gangster turned socialist reformer and information broker. These three part-time paranormal investigators were sought out by Maeve McKenzie, a visiting American psychic who was drawn to them across the city of London by a disturbing vision. 
which somehow links them all together and threatens terrifying danger facing the nation's capital. Upon meeting, they discovered they all possess the sight, a rare talent that enables people to see paranormal and supernatural entities, creatures of old myth and legend, and otherworldly remnants of the old ways. During discussions over some expertly prepared tea, Lloyd received a message from an anonymous, mysterious, and most interested party, telling them of strange and worrying happenings at a museum across town, where the new Indian treasures exhibit is causing quite a stir in the current political climate. The writer seemed somehow to be aware of their special abilities and implored them to travel to the museum and investigate, for the sake of us all. So, jumping back in, I assume you guys are all packing up your things and preparing to leave for the museum. How are you going to travel there? I think Connor would head out to the street and call a carriage. So you're, you're currently uh, at the East Side Docks. You need to get to the Belgrave Square Museum, which is not a real museum, but Belgrave Square is a real... Belgrave Square is a real square. It's not a real museum. Um, but that is the, uh, in the area of town west of the Houses of Parliament. So a carriage probably does sound like a good idea. Yeah, Can I mean, you pay for such I absolutely can. luxuries? I know, I'm paying the taxi driver so I don't have to figure out how to get there. Uh, but I certainly <laughs> can pay for a taxi, yes. Okay. Off we go then? Mm-hmm. So Connor goes into the street to hail a cab. Yes. Uh, and while still talking to, while still conversing with um, his colleagues and with uh, uh, their new friend, he just raises his cane without even looking into the street and lowers it and continues talking. And like a moment later, a carriage pulls up behind us. Very well, nice. handy. Mm-hmm. Right? It helps magic to be cane. atop in this city. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Did you say magic? It's not, no. It just, well, it, it's a lucky cane. With a crack of the whip, you guys start to head off towards the west side of the city. Miv, is this your first time in London? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. So, but she's wh- been she's been in town for like a week now. Mm-hmm. What kind of impressions does she have of the city? It stinks. <laughs> it stinks. The Thames is brown, and. Uh, it's very bustling. But I mean, she's from New York, so she's used to that. Um, she thinks the Brits are a bit stuck up, if she's honest. But she probably won't say that out loud unless you ask her directly. Um, other than that, she she doesn't like it enough to stay besides this mystery around the vision and whatever's going on with the museum that seems to be connected. So... Now she's invested. <laughs> so as the carriage starts to pull out and Maeve is looking over this this kind of new city for her, what is one thing that you see happening in the street that catches your eye as you go past? Um, I, what part of the city are we in now? Um, you're going across the river from the east side docks onto the south side. That means nothing to me. Do you want to get the map? <laughs> yes, please. It's down there. It? It's down there under that table. So, if you just want to point out the approximate route to them. Yes. Uh, so, what we were probably. We started on the east side docks. 
Right, so around here. Yes, and we are going. We're going to cross. We're going to go. You're going. You're going across the south side to get to Westminster Bridge. Yes, so we cross the bridge. I don't know. Maybe around around here. Come down. Where's Westminster? Oh, that's here. where we're going to. Yeah, run. we might. We might come down here. Down. You'll probably go through Elephant and Castle. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I was thinking actually the same. Excellent. Uh, around this way and then over over the bridge here to finally end up over here so yes 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 i imagine we probably pass some market stalls and uh i given connor's keen eye and observant uh, skills for observation he uh probably spots some uh young children uh, a gang of young children uh stealing from one of the uh market stalls without being seen and he like has a little smile to himself he definitely approves of that sort of mischief <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, can we see are there pearly kings <laughs> yet? What? are there pearly kings yet what is that pearly kings the guys with all the fucking shit all over their coats Jesus Christ. I have, I have no, no idea, idea what you're talking How about. How could no one know what I'm talking about? Are you talking about a pearly necklace? <laughs> That's very hood, huh? Pearly kings and queens. They're Don't, like a London that? thing. Never seen that in my life. What? Let me see. Yeah, never seen it. All right. Jesus. I've been to London a lot. Known as pearlies, they're an organized much. charitable tradition of working class culture in London. Huh. You learned something. Uh, Maeve, do you want to take that again about what you're seeing? Uh, she sees a florist teaching a group of young ladies Victorian flower language. Hmm. Beautiful. I want to know more. Hmm? I want to know more. What's that? You don't know what Victorian flower is? That's a legit, it's a legit thing. Yeah, I don't know much. I don't know if you've noticed. I like the pearly queens. <laughs> <laughs> I can Google it later if it's a lot. <laughs> Um, Jacques, how about you? What does Jacques see when he looks out the window? Uh, Jacques looks up and laments on the fog. Sometimes I miss sunshine. Fun! Do you, do you get much in France? Uh, depends where, of course. But uh, London was known, was known for its fog, uh, which was a mixture of the smoke from the factories and uh, actual fog. So yes, uh, but yeah, ma mainly it was the smoke from the factories. How about you, Lloyd? What do you see? Um, uh, please uh, tell me how much sunshine is coming through. Just, just do the opposite of what I said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, through Lloyd's eyes, London looks just beautiful. There are flowers everywhere. <laughs> All of the children have big Toothy grins. <laughs> uh, no, then he wakes up um, and he sees what everyone else is seeing, which is just grey. Oh, you guys are seeing such fun things out of the carriage. Here, let me give you one. How about we roll some dice? Whoa. Mm. London's a horrible place. What are we supposed to do with it? <laughs> There's a ton of stupid shit. Like, also a I've made like, a whole D100 list of stuff for this. And you Every don't have pearly kings and queens on it? Nope. Pearly Every kings and queens are the most iconic thing about London. 
and none of us have heard of them. I can't understand. They can't, they can't be yes. that iconic. They're Look not, it up. I can't they're not understand. iconic enough for tourists to know about them. They absolutely are. Then I would have heard of them. You just did right, the wrong guys, things. Guys, 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 guys. <laughs> okay. Do you want to roll some dice? Yes. Sure. I, I had sea urchins. How many dice in my roller? Three urchins. Feeling things. I thought that was good. Everybody make me an observation roll. Observation. How many dice are you using? All of them. <laughs> Is that how much you roll for I observation? No Let me see. Uh, observation. So you add up your attribute and your skill, and that's how many dice you roll, yeah? And then mm-hmm. you get six and you pass. Mm-hmm. And which one are we rolling now? I need six dice, please. I've got one six. Mm-hmm. One six. Mm-hmm. Do ones matter? Uh, ones, not only sixes matter. No successes for mm-hmm. me. It, it, what was it? It was observation and... Observation. Empathy. And empathy. Bon dieu. Uh, uh, one six. One six. Okay, so as we're trundling around the street, um, Connor is kind of lost in his own thoughts as he's thinking He's thinking about, about the greenery of Ireland and how much he misses it. <laughs> this dreary, horrible place. But of course that's what he's thinking about. What else would an Irishman be thinking about? And Tea. it's only... <laughs> <laughs> it's true, though. So Maeve... Uh, Maeve, Jacques, and Lloyd, you hear um, some shouts, and you look out of the window, and you see a very uh, cheeky and slimy-looking goblin. The goblin is running uh, alongside a carriage, and you watch as it um, takes a knife and cuts the bridle of a carriage horse and gives a slap to send the horse running away. Oh dear. Do we do the goblin song now? <laughs> <laughs> that was just, you can react to it. That was just some uh, fun no, things. No, no, no. Does this shenanigans happen often with the vason? She like gestures at the goblin outside the window. They are cackling maniacally. Some, some, someone you'd, some would use the word mischievous, others would use the word little bastards. <laughs> right. Well, mm, Noted. There's <laughs> so a lot of them living in city nowadays. Don't know where they're coming from. Maybe they're coming up because the underground tunnels were dug out. Mm. Isn't that? We've also seen. Aren't some... they underground nocturnal? Like they can be. Yes, some of them. We, we we've, we've also seen some more uh, uh, rural. I don't actually know that much about the creatures, because to be honest, I deal mostly with ghosts. Where do goblins come from in, in folklore? Because the only goblins I know of are, are Lord of the Rings goblins and shit like that. Goblins are generally like the category name for a whole bunch of different creatures. Right. Mm. At least by British or European folklore, as far as I'm aware. I'm pretty sure goblins are Norse. Hmm. Interesting. It's the elves you have to watch out for. They're the scary ones. Hmm. I want to see. A, I want to oh, yeah. see a silly. I want to see a silly-looking street performer, who's like three street performers in one. Like he's he's all dressed in Does silver. He have a monkey? He's painted silver. He doesn't have a monkey. No, he has better. He has like three rats in a small trench coat <laughs> <laughs> with a top hat. Uh. <laughs> ah, there's your rat in a hat. <laughs> They're all over the place. Um, yeah, he's like doing a puppet show where he's like ventriloquizing, <laughs> ventriloquizing. <laughs> The rats. 
<laughs> but they're, they're doing ventriloquating. Ventriloquating? Yeah, I believe it's ventriloquating. Um. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. He he's got ropes attached to the rats and he's puppeteering them, and at the same time he's pretending they're speaking by ventriloquating. Yes, which yeah. means speaking without moving. Oh, your Charles, mouth. can we have a sample of what they're saying? <laughs> Uh, let's say, uh, uh, oh mon dieu, uh, have you nibbled on anything good lately? Yes, I had a lovely lump of cheese five minutes yonder. <laughs> Crikey, <laughs> that makes me hungry. <laughs> M- Master Lloyd, you're very good at the accent. Was <laughs> <laughs> that my character? <laughs> I thought we were being the rats. <laughs> Yes, clearly. No, I thought you were the rat. <laughs> Charles is doing the rat that's on vacation. <laughs> oh, another one for my country? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Oh my god. Yeah, that one's definitely wearing a beret. Ventriloquism's yeah, hard, though. Oh, yes. No joke. We are not making fun of ventriloquists. Only ventriloquists that play around with rats. Good. <laughs> and the, rap, the rats are happy and alive. Oh, good. Ventriloquism is a noble profession. It's mimes that you have to watch out for. <laughs> Especially the ones that were on berets and, uh, what do you call it? Hatch shots. Yeah. Yeah. Aren't sometimes those a very sometimes French have thing? Yeah. 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 <laughs> they're, they're, uh, Just strings of onions around their neck. Voilà, voilà, no, uh, you've smelled them too, huh? I've smelled something, yes. <laughs> Uh, no, they, they are very prestigious mime schools in Paris. Schools? Oui, 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 schools. Just like there are clown schools, there are mime schools. <laughs> Explains a lot around about your country. It really does. <laughs> <laughs> Just to confirm for the audience at home, Charles is actually French. Please don't... Why, you don't, you don't think my accent is anything less than perfect? <laughs> <laughs> no, people just hate hate French people being on oh, podcast. Oh, yeah, 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 fair <laughs> enough. Uh, <laughs> you, you are free to hate me. <laughs> you are free to flame me. But you don't have any social media, so it's yeah, fine. Yeah, so it's all good. Yes. <laughs> Please rate my accent. <laughs> on a scale of 1 to 10. No, 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 on a scale from 1 to 10. Yeah, 1 to 10, merci. <laughs> Is that not your actual accent? No. Not when he speaks English. No, 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 no what did accent. Okay. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to be stumbling my way through various accents in this. Excellent. <laughs> well, what do you think of this fair city? Uh, do you want my honest opinion or do you want some niceties? Please, I only ever want the truth. It's not what I expected. Well said. Very well said. Very diplomatic. <laughs> I'm trying not to insult the locals. Uh, there are no... Wait. Well, we do have one. There's yeah. a single local. It's a shit <laughs> But it's our shit It's very difficult to insult Master Lloyd, so... Mm. How about it? It stinks. I appreciate it. She like, wrinkles her nose when she says it. And the river is brown. It's not a color I expected. Is it just very muddy, or is it really that dirty? It's not mud. In a few years, I'll take a handkerchief from my coat pocket, and this tends to help. She takes it and just kind of looks at it, and she just covers her face. It's definitely clean and it's perfumed. (laughs) 
<laughs> she covers her face and her nose. She goes, oh, actually, that's quite nice. Well, uh, we arrive. Are we arriving? We're at the bridge. Where? Which bridge? Westminster Bridge. As you begin to approach Westminster Bridge, you notice a shift in the air and your surroundings. There's an increase of bustle in the street as you begin to see more and more people rushing by. And what had before been an almost imperceptible murmur, you now realize is the sound of a large crowd increasing as you draw closer. As you approach the Thames, you can see the source. There's a large crowd of people blocking the bridge, waving signs and shouting slogans. They have spread out along the roads on either side of the river and have hung banners and colours on the statue that resides on the other side. This statue is known as Bodicea and her two daughters. This is an actual statue that's actually in London, actually on Westminster Bridge. Uh, in our in our London version, in the tilted London, uh, Bodicea or Boudicca, she's more commonly known. Bodicea is the Victorian uh, pronunciation. She's become uh, more and more of a well-known public icon, folk hero, and inspiration for various counterculture movements. A little bit of history for those who might not be familiar with Boudicca or Bodicea. Um, she was the queen of the Iceni tribe uh, in, back in the Celtic days. It was when the Romans occupied Britain, it was kind of like a retirement colony for centurions, but her kingdom was kind of allowed to be independent. And when her husband died, he decided to split his fortune half between the Emperor Nero and half between his two daughters. However, the local centurions uh, were not impressed by that, and so they invaded their lands. They had Bodicea flogged and sexually assaulted her daughters. So in response, she rallied neighboring kingdoms, who I believe until that point had not had um, very good relations. She managed to rally them behind her, went on a rampage, killing 80,000 people and burning multiple cities to the ground, including Londinium. To take it back into our tilted London, uh, I mentioned earlier that this is a divergent timeline. So to step back into the game version, several decades ago, about the 1850s, remains that were believed to be Bodiceas were found whilst they were excavating underneath London to uh, make the London Underground. And they found various artifacts that looked like they belonged to her. However, Rumor has it that uh, very quickly after they discovered uh, her resting place, the artifacts belonging to her mysteriously disappeared. And nobody really knows why. There are rumors that maybe um, she had um, been disturbed as a spirit and now lives on again in the country, or that she swore to return to England when she needed her most. Uh, no one really knows what the truth is. However, what was reality was that this discovery triggered an interest, a renewed interest in her history. And she became a figure for uh, female empowerment. And a lot of women became very interested in her story. And with her as a figurehead, 
women's suffrage started a lot earlier and was very quick, very loud and very successful. More recently, however, um, she's become a symbol of another movement, that of anti-imperialism. There is a growing anti-imperialist movement in the country um, because people believe that she was a model of how we should not be um, continuing um, what the Romans did to us on other parts of the world. For who are we to have expelled the Empire of Rome for our freedom only to then pursue the same route around the world? Who actually said that? The, the anti-imperialists are saying that. But is that like an actual quote from someone? No. You just made it up? I just made it up. Okay. But it sounded great, didn't it? It did, yeah. yeah. It, <laughs> it sounded legit. That's why I asked. <laughs> right from my noggin. Ooh. That, that was heard hard. That. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so, stepping back into current time. There is a huge blockade across Westminster Bridge of people who you can see now, now that I've given you a little bit of a lot, a big law drop, um, that these are banners and protests uh, of anti-imperialists. Your carriage can no longer move through the crowd. So we are full on stopped in a protest. Uh, Maeve like sticks her head out the window and just kind of with an open mouth gapes at what's going on she's never been in the middle of a protest before well it does look like we are walking the rest of the way through this i'm afraid so and connor will open the door and step out and hold it yeah lloyd lloyd steps out and looks at the crowd with a bit of a scowl on his face um mixture of uh frustration and confusion and connor looks into the crowd and kind of what what sort of people does he see they're generally people of all different ages, uh, all different ethnicities, but by their dress you would probably say they're mostly poor or working class folks. There are quite a few exceptions scattered uh, throughout the crowd as well. And some of the, of the, the banners that you're holding, what do they say? Um, ooh, good question, give me a second. Um, we're not in Rome. Don't do as the Romans do. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Um, repatriation. No, repatriation. I think one of the banners might say, we've reclaimed our country, now let us reclaim our culture. I think there's some that just say, like, shame for shame. Um, um, I think we'd probably see something about the East India Company... Being monsters, what could we say about the East India Company? Beast India Company? There's, you can see a end the anarchy of the aristocracy. And maybe another is just imperial thievery. Um, the elite don't speak for me. Not my war, not my imperialism, not my, not my empire. Hashtag not my empire. There is one slogan that you see repeated quite a bit here and there, and that's repatriation, reform, revolution. Jacques pulls out a few coins and play, uh, and pays our cabbie. You know I have an account with that company, there's no need to pay <laughs> <laughs> I've already paid for it. 
Bon, ouais, okay. c'est juste un nice Oui, tu as Kane. Et non, tu as. So Jacques, as you as you uh, realize your mistake and you turn away from from the driver, uh, you realize that you recognize a couple of women in the crowd. <laughs> Please describe your face right now. No, these are women that you have treated. <laughs> Treated, treated poorly. Okay, okay. Apologies. So, Jacques, as you look around, you realize that you recognize a couple of women in the crowd. I visibly tip my head towards them, and then I approach them and I say, uh, "Mademoiselle." Uh, well, well, well. If it ain't the fine doctor, you ain't join the rabble. Well. Uh, I have known to start uh, trouble in my time too. Why? Oh, no, I'm afraid not. Sorry. I, I realize we need to get across town. Uh, do you know how far this protest is happening? Yeah, it's going right up to Westminster. Uh, interesting. You uh, need to get across the bridge? Indeed. I might be able to help you there. She turns to her to her companion and they whisper a little bit. Like, yeah, Maeve's just standing there with her arms crossed. She's kind of looking between Jacques and these women and she's just like, <laughs> what is going on? One of them catches her eye and she says, oh, no, 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 no. You see, he fixed me up, he did, when I had that accident with the car. And then she like knocks on her arm and there's like a wooden sound. And she's like, he fixed me up real good. Now I've got extra space for when I'm out nicking. <laughs> Don't know what that means. <laughs> Stealing. Stealing. Ah, today she has I she has a secret compartment in her false arm that she can stuff shit in. <laughs> wow, See? what a talent! The good doctor does us right. He does. Uh, it is truly my honor, and he bows ever so slightly as if to to show that he is. He truly feels indebted, uh, not to his uh, craft, but to his patience. And she nods to all of you and she reaches out and she very delicately takes your hand. She says, come with me. I know someone you got to speak to. And she pulls you through the crowd towards mm. the beginning. Is the she just the bridge. pulling Jacques? She's pulling Jacques, but she's, she's gestured for you guys to follow. Okay, I'll, I'll usher the rest of you ahead of me as I follow up. Uh, so you're going to take, take in the, the back? No, not the back. Yeah, yeah. It would be ungentlemanly for Jacques to ever say no to a fine lady. So these, these two <laughs> girls you know to be members of the Lotties and Totties. They are an all-female gang that's been on the rise lately, and they've become notorious for not only stealing, but for being pretty violent. But they I like, like you because you've been taking care of them. Mm. It's either that or uh, face the end of their knives. <laughs> So you push through the crowd mm. and you get to like the first part of the bridge. And actually the crowd is quite sparse there. It's mostly like they've blocked the bridge. Um, as you get onto the bridge, you see leaning against the side, there is a woman. She's lounging very nonchalantly against the brick. Um, she's of medium build, wearing a smart and somewhat fancy black dress with a bustle. She has thick curly black hair tucked up into a ridiculously huge ostentatious hat with huge ostrich feathers going across it. Whoa. There's a large parasol lent against the wall next to her and she's peeling an apple with a small knife. And I'm going to send you a picture of her. Oh. Ooh. Ooh. Yes. There she, there she is. Wow. 
This is Molly Fletcher, and she is the infamous leader of the Lotties and Totties. I just made her up, but I've been picking up uh, pictures of uh, real people that uh, kind of inspired some of the characters. Mm. So she might look a little bit like a fancy lady, but she's definitely got a icy, steely look to her. You can tell that she's uh, not one to be fucked with. Is she older or younger than, uh, than I, give or take? Uh, she's in her early 30s, yeah. Uh, so I would, I would probably... Uh, uh, it's ingrained in me to, to consider everybody younger than me, like mademoiselles, but I would, uh, I would definitely show respect and I would say, ah, uh, mademoiselle, and bow once more again. She ignores you. The girl that was holding your hand, like, lets go, and she rushes up to her, and she's like, Molly! Molly! And she looks up at her, and there's, like, a bit of a whisper. And she looks at you guys, gives you the elevator eyes, look you up and down. And she says, well, I hear that you need to get past my lot. And for what purpose might that be? Uh, we have an appointment at the museum. Oh, what museum might that be? The Belgrave Square Museum. Huh. Ah, oh, yeah. That one. That one that's causing all this bother. And what might you be doing there? Investigate the bother. Huh. So, uh, one might say we might be colleagues because you see I also got some beef with that museum oh yeah some uh, friends of mine they don't take kindly to some of the stuff that's been going on there and they ain't been good to me and mine so uh, perhaps we might be able to come to a bit of an arrangement Maeve like looks to the boys um <clears throat> This is uh, where I must uh, sadly excuse myself. I must remain neutral in terms of uh, doctor to many of the gangs in town. And he uh, steps back, uh, not visibly far away, but audibly uh, far enough so that he's not hearing too much of the conversation. So he has deniability? <laughs> uh, yes. Well, I, would, I would say, actually, she first actually will come up and approach you, and she'll mm. say, Now you, I hear you've been taking care of my girls. So uh, I already owe you a favor. Uh, the honor is always mine. And she, then she turns and she looks at Connor, and she comes right up to you, and she's like, And what might your thoughts be on today's events, Toph? I, I am. I am in absolute agreement with your 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 messaging, which I've s seen on the bridge here today. Absolute agreement. And then she raises her eyebrow and she's like, "Ah, Irishman, yeah." That's right. Well, I ain't got no problem with your kind. Very much. No problem Good. with your kind either. Good. I'm glad we're seeing eye to eye. She looks at Maeve and she's like, "Where might you be from?" New York. Huh then I think you probably got opinions on the colonies as well. Always. Hmm. She looks at Lloyd. <laughs> Hello, Lloyd. Ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> well, you see, I got some beef with her. How's about this? I 
get you through the bridge today. And then when I calls on you, I'm going to need some information about that place. Does that sound like a fair deal? Maeve looks at Lloyd, since he's the information guy. I'll be happy to oblige, as always. For the right price. The price is you getting through the bridge, mate. We'll see. Floyd? Lloyd? Why Floyd? Sorry. She, uh, as, as she's looking at Lloyd, like, she'd been peeling a, a, her apple with a knife. She eats a slice and then there's like, like a crazy, like, a knife trick almost. And before you can even tell, like, the knife is, like, folded up and has disappeared somewhere into her hat. She's like, I don't think I owe you nothing, Lloyd, but if I get help you get through it a day, I'll consider that a fair payment for information. Well, of course, you know, you know the market's better than anyone. You know the prices fluctuate. A favour today might not be worth a favour tomorrow. But I'll remember. We always remember, Lloyd. Oh, we, no. Me and my girls, we always remember. Sal, are we in agreement? I believe we have. Yes. All agreed, yes. Yes. I'll tip my hat. Good. Nelly, you take these fine people across the bridge now, you hear? And you tell my boys to let them through, yeah? And she says, Absolutely, Molly, I got you. And then she gestures for you to follow her. We follow Nelly. She was very intimidating, wasn't she? Oh, no, she's lovely. <laughs> oh, right, okay. <laughs> she's the leader of a gang? Is that what? Is that who I just met? Believe so. That was the London underworld. This is much seedier than the business I get up to in New York. Would you like to do, or maybe Lloyd or all of you, maybe do you want to do a roll to see how much you know about the Lotties and Totties? I would definitely like to. Maeve would know nothing. I was going to suggest (laughs) that I would explain what I know anyway. Um, What would you want me to roll? Mm. I at least know her name and it sounds like I've done business with her before from what you were, well we know each other. Logic. Logic. Learning and logic, probably. Yeah, learning and logic. Oh, damn. Uh, do you not have any bonuses? Uh, I've got two in observation. I've got two in investigation. I've got no learning. I'm going to... So basically, uh, just so that you know, before we proceed too much further with rolls, um, the, the rules for Vaisen are pretty easy. Like, as long as you have one success, you generally pass most difficulties are very easy to pass. I'm fudging the rules a little bit in various places for this. And one thing that I am doing when it comes to gaining clues and information is that you will always get information, but the how much information that you get depends on how many successes you roll. So I will never like cock block you with information, but- um, Appreciated. Yeah. Uh, are, there, are there any situational roles where you might get a bonus for whatever. Context? Um, Lloyd's background in in, in the, the uh, criminal on the ground. Yeah, if you, can, if you can justify it for me, a reason, I give you a bonus dice. Well, that's, I don't know much about this gang out of character. So can, can, we you, talk, can we talk about that house rule, though? Because it only, Vason only requ- ever requires one success. For all, for like 60 to 70% of roles, they only have a difficulty level of one. Um, but there are there are higher difficulty, chal- like there's challenging and difficult. Which but that's you need- a modifier to your dice pool. 
Yeah, I, I feel I feel a lot. No, it says here cha- normal, challenging, difficult, number of successes, one, two, three. Yeah, uh, in, in the spot rules that you sent us, I, I remember seeing that somewhere, I think. All right, because that's, that's not like any other. I, I'm just asking because mm. if you are hoping for us to like roll multiple successes, it's really, really unlikely mm-hmm. because the dice pool is so small. So that's why like anything that requires two or more successes is like information that could break the case completely. Right, okay. I just wanted to make sure that we wouldn't, like, just because the mechanics miss something, because the odds would be so low. No, no, no. She so said she wouldn't cock block us. Yeah. And all the information that you might miss, like, it will be it will be available to you in other ways. Okay. It just means that maybe in that situation you failed, or it will become evident as time progresses. Right. And all finding that clue will be easier. But if you get an extra big success, at the, like, early on, then you will already have unraveled some things that you would have had to investigate harder for. Okay, I get you. Cool. So, Lloyd, would you like to have a look at what you know about the Lotties and Toys? Sure. That's a one success. Mm -hmm. So, you know that um, they... They're up and coming. Like, they've been... They've been getting notoriety in the city over the last maybe like six months. They took over a bunch of territory from some of the older gangs and pushed them out. They're, they've taken over most um, of stuff on the south side, uh, especially along the Thames, and are starting to push further south as well. They're known for, they're, they're known for going into uh, shops and like for fancy ladies and stealing jewelry, stealing clothes, stealing accoutrement. Um, but now, like, their faces are pretty well known. So a lot of people, like, they know who they are when they come in the shop. They know that they're going to steal stuff. They just are too terrified to do anything about it. They're getting reputations becoming more increasingly violent. Um, but they do seem to have an altruistic side in that they um, are also, like, they do use their numbers to help people who come to ask for them for it. Yes. What was the leader's name again? Sorry. Molly, Molly Fletcher. Something. Molly Fletcher. Cool. Do they have funerals with like wreaths that say things like mum and stab? Sorry, it's an Alan Partridge joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was Molly Fletcher. Leader of a up-and-coming gang in the city, as you might have figured. I wouldn't fuck with him. I liked her fashion sense. Yeah. She knows how to dress. Very uh, striking. If I showed you a list of the uh, list of the places she's robbed, you wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> oh, does she steal clothing and such? Steals, maims. Ah, not a lady to be crossed. New gang, young blood, but uh, don't let that fool you. I'm not fooled whatsoever. Nelly turns around during this conversation. He's like, "Oh yeah, I uh, I do my best to stay on the good side of Miss Fletcher. She uh." She don't take no shit from no one, but uh, you get on her good side, and uh, she'll be right good to you. She's always good to us. And damn Andy with a knife. Mm, I'm intrigued. <laughs> Is this the one you're setting your eye on already? You're going straight for the top of the gang? <laughs> Why the fuck not? <laughs> so, um, Nelly eventually manages to get you to the other side of the bridge. There's a huge bunch of uh, big burly guys that are there blocking the entrance and big bruises, but when Nelly comes up, 
they doff their cap to her and let her through and she nods to you guys to let them to let you through and one of the guys breaks away and kind of starts pushing through the crowd to make a to make a space for you to follow him through and you come out on the other side well then that was eventful are your cases always so eventful (laughs) Uh, to be honest with you, usually it's just us rooting around in old warehouses. Um, mm. Yeah. So, no, is the answer. Uh, how far is it? Can uh, we walk you, can, you can walk it. 15 minutes, max. A light stroll. Yes. And the sun is coming out anyway. Oh, lovely. <laughs> Messy. <laughs> what time of year oh, is it, it supposed to be? <laughs> Say again? What time of year is it supposed to be? It's currently spring. It's right spring. at the beginning of spring. So it's a little bit chilly in the air, but the sun is quite nice when it comes out. As we stated at the beginning with the narrative, it was promising to be a fairly nice day. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, so you managed to push your way out through the other side of the crowd and find yourself in some pretty empty streets. And here on the west side of the city, the familiar rowdy white noise of uh, London is now almost, as you start walking away, it's becoming more and more imperceptible. And the noise of the protest is becoming more of a background murmur. You're now walking through clean, well-kept cobbled streets and there's a scent of fresh tree blossoms wafting over you intermittently. Uh, And you're mostly just passing uh, folks who are probably very well-to-do in well-to-it, who are probably well-to-do and wearing nice, well-tailored clothes. Then as you reach Belgrave Square, you see a grand domed structure which is the Belgrave Square Museum. As mentioned previously, not a real museum. Uh, It's a large limestone structure with multiple archways around the outside, with several pillars leading down the front stairway, and has various gargoyles perched on spires on the corners of the towers. But the most remarkable part that catches the eye is the large vaulted dome, Uh, which spans a large portion of the central building. It's made up of thousands and thousands of intricate little pieces of uh, fragments of glass. And then around the bottom, there's like a stained glass colored border with the various uh, imagery that you can't really make out from here. Hmm. Sorry, were the doors open? No. The doors are not open and there's like some stairs going up. And is there like a, a sign telling us at what time this place's, the museum's opening hours are? Would it be open now? By general London opening hours, it should be open. The doors, however, are shut. Shall we knock? Yeah. Uh, Connor um, makes his way slowly up the steps. He, his limp is very noticeable when he's on stairs. You're halfway up the steps when you hear a, oh! And you didn't notice before, but there is someone standing beside one of the pillars, and he looks relatively miffed at your appearance. And I'm going to send you a picture of him now. I hate him already. I'm also going to say, as soon as... I'm actually going to describe him first and then send the picture, (laughs) because I need to make some just commentary first. So you know how they say, uh, like, fashion like loops through time like how the 80s made a really big comeback it's gonna be an 1880s hipster is it (laughs) (laughs) so you see this person step out from behind the pillar and 
the, there is a fashion going on with a lot of the wealthy and the upper classes, especially people in court right now, in that there's a vintage style of a kind of renaissance period coming back in. Oh, my oh God. This, this person... Live one here, people. <laughs> so this person has a big, coiffed, white-powdered wig, um, a pencil mustache with a kind of bigger than it should be beauty mark painted onto their face. They have an overly frilly cravat kind of cascading down their chest bigger than it needs to be. There's frills coming from uh, underneath their overcoat and it has that kind of almost petticoat effect that they had in those days and which has got ridiculous amounts of gold brocade on it, stockings and buckled shoes. Uh, Jacques, with perhaps a little bit too much honesty, says, ah, oh, I didn't realize we were doing costumes today. Oh, shots fired. And you were calling me a tough Lloyd. Look at this guy. Lloyd didn't call you that. Molly did. Oh, was it Molly? No, I didn't call it to your face. <laughs> <laughs> so Jacques, as you, turn, as you say that, the figure turns to you and says, yes, well, we all know what you know about fashion. This person is Sir Percival, Cornel Sir Percival Cornelius Prattleton. Excellent. I hate him. I had a lot of fun with the names. Um, this person is well known to uh, the, these three. Maeve, I don't know if he's known to you, but you can decide if he is. He is not. You know that he is um, a lower member of court. He's also a member of the um, the SSPP, the Bastards. Society for the Study of Psychical Phenomena, which I'm going to just call the SSPP from now. And uh, you know that uh, he's a bit of a dog's body is the word. Like nobody seems to really respect him that much, but he's a sir, so he's kind of accepted in. His name is Pratterton. Prattleton. The Prattleton. surname of Sir Percival Cornelius Prattleton. Mm. I'm never going to remember all that. <laughs> Write it down. Yeah, I, I wrote down <laughs> Sir Prattleton. Put and, uh, it I'm in the Discord. That. Yeah, exactly. Do I, do I know anything about this guy if he's well known? Um, Maybe I've dug up some dirt on him. He is known mostly in the sense that you know that he's... Um, He's not quite an aristocrat, but he is a, a very wealthy um, and known uh, person about town, yes. Doesn't have any specific resources that might make him interesting. Is he an it girl? <laughs> Remember those? <laughs> Spare me. <laughs> Sorry, what, what did you want to know, Lloyd? Um, just, just any more details. You say he's like well known as a bit of an idiot and he's in these two these two uh, organizations, that strikes me as something that would be interesting. If you've got like a loud idiot who is in a part of like our rival clubs, then I feel like that is someone that Lloyd will have investigated to try and manipulate out of some information. Mm -hmm. So uh, generally in this and when you want to know something or do something, you have to be quite specific about what it is you want to know, what you want to do. So do you want to give me some specifics maybe or what okay. kind of information you might like? So specifically like what... Who would he be likely waiting for here? And why? what would his reasons be for being at the museum the same time as, we, mm -hmm. as we've been called in? So if you know, if he is here, you know that the SSPP are here. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, so he looks like he's impatient and he's been waiting for a while. Mm -hmm. So they've, they got here before us. 
And he looks a little bit flustered to have encountered you three. So they weren't expecting us. So would, would this mean that mm, these guys knew about the job, but we were the ones that were approached? So how did they know? How did you, they get that same information? You could ask him and find out. I, I, I would, I would wager. I guess that uh, we weren't the only ones that were approached. Maybe that's why the person felt uncomfortable signing their name. Mm. How depressingly predictable to meet you here, Pratterton. It's Prattleton, and you know that. Yes, 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 I know your name. <laughs> I don't even know how you dare be showing your faces here. Because we're actual professionals, not powdered fools like you. Ah! You watch your tone. I am a sir, and you shall watch your tone when you are dealing with us. Enough of this prattling, Pratterton. We have investigating to do. You will not be doing any investigation. This is already being handled by the SSPP, and it is an investigation that is most certainly not worthy of your kind. You mean it's too easy? Who is this guy? He's someone best left ignored. And at that, Connor turns on his heel and continues up the steps. The museum is closed for today for investigation. And we are here to investigate. Now move aside. Precisely, Miss Mackenzie. Thank you. You're welcome. Lord Winford is inside and he will not be happy about this. Oh, well, I, I would love to speak with Lord Winford. Don't you, don't you dare show your face to him. He's the one leading this investigate. And before he can get any further, there is a whoosh. And you look up to the top of the stairs uh, to see a new person has appeared. Now, now, that's quite enough out of you, Prattleton. And Connor, you would probably know this person. This is Admiral Lady Millicent Barrington Hargreaves. Uh, she's a tall woman who has uh, blonde hair uh, into a long braid down her, down to her past her shoulders. She's very tall. She has uh, really bright blue eyes. Uh, she's wearing um, a dress coat, a blue dress coat, uh, which would probably looks like a, an admiral's casual wear. So she has a blue tailcoat. Um, she's wearing waist-high gentleman's riding pants and a waistcoat and riding boots. And she has on her side also a cutlass. Oh, and she's also carrying a riding crop. So now she stood at the top of the stairs coming down towards you mm -hmm. as you had started heading away from Prattleton. Okay. Um, as soon as Connor sees this... Uh woman's uh, coming down the steps he uh, stumbles and he catches his boot on the step and he kind of falls up a few steps until he's right up underneath her he uh, uh, tries to uh, crack out a, a, a salute which he then has to stop because he realizes he's so close he's going to hit her with the salute and uh, he uh, splutters and stutters a, a moment and says good afternoon admiral she smirks and looks down at you and says, at ease. He stands at ease, cracks, a, cracks out in at ease straight away. Good afternoon, Admiral. Uh, always a pleasure. Well, well, at least when you're not in the presence of that pompous ass, Lord Winford. Uh, sorry, I forget myself, Admiral. Uh, I, I enjoyed the essay you published recently in, in, the, in the most recent issue of the journal uh, on your, uh, your argument on the need for a, a proper cryptozoological discipline within the paranormal investigation field. I, 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 I very much agree with you. 
Uh, I leaned over to Lloyd. I said, don't look now. Le Capitaine is flustered. <laughs> you do forget yourself. But I am pleased to know that you are aware of my research. Oh, yes, very, very, very much aware. I, I, I re I've read everything that you've written, uh, including your, your, your essays on, uh, on um, naval strategy, which I, uh, while not an expert myself, I found them very, very enlightening. Indeed. And uh, pray tell, what brings you here today? Connor casts a dismissive glance back towards uh, Prattleton, and um, he looks to the Admiral and he says, uh, well, my dear Admiral, that would be giving the game away somewhat, but um, suffice to say we are here on, on invitation. Is that so? Huh. How most curious. This day continues to be full of mysteries. Day without mystery is but like a day without sunshine. <laughs> Connor is attracted to power, apparently. <laughs> or just that coat. Listen, it's a really I nice coat. I don't blame him. <laughs> I am also attracted I to power. I love what she's doing with her hair there. She's just looking great. It's beautiful. So she has like this uh, sharp, raised eyebrow, and then with a small smirk, she looks at the rest of the crew. She casts her eyes and nods uh, around at the boys. And then she meets Maeve's gaze with a bit of a quizzical look. She walks uh, right down to her and comes up right close to her. You. I don't know you. You could if you like. <laughs> Eyebrow twitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, American. How exotic. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I should tell you up front, Winford is already inside, and hmm, not on his best day for sure, old boy. Lord Winford has good days? <laughs> Few, I'm told. Yes, well, so long as we keep out from under one another's feet, I'm sure we uh, can avoid annoying each other too much. Thank you, though, for the warning. Uh, should we perhaps go around the back door? Unfortunately, there is none. What do you know? Prattledon looks like he's about to say something. She's just like, shh, shh. And uh, what, by chance, have you heard? About the goings-on in the museum? Mm. Precious little. We have a letter of invitation, and that is pretty much it. Hmm. Well, tis a most curious case. Sounds like you may be getting your teeth a little bit more into this mystery than Winford is allowing myself. He's playing this one quite close to his chest. If only I would also be getting my hands on it, but unfortunately, Winford has me playing dog's body. And with Prattleton, no less. A terribly foolish decision by Lord Winford, though one that surprises me none, none whatsoever. You are, without a doubt, the most uh, accomplished and competent of all the members of the SSPP. To backbench you in that way is preposterous. My, my, O'Leary, you are one for flattery, I see. And yet I wonder how did such a silver tongue get you on the wrong side of Winford? Not flattery, dear Admiral. A, a simple statement of facts. And as for Lord Winford's dislike for me and my colleagues, I'm sure I can't explain that at all. Yes, there are many things one could not explain about the choices of Lord Winford, I'm sure. Do you want to ask her anything else? Um, like on a date? <laughs> it's 
So with that, she clicks her boots together and puts the crop back under her arm. She looks down piercingly at Prattleton and says, Prattleton, you're still here. Away with you. I told you to take those papers down to headquarters. Be gone now. Then she turns to the crew, the rest of the crew that's behind uh, Connor. She gives them a nod, turns her gaze back to O'Leary and says, Well then, I wish you the best of luck in there. Good day to you. And to you, Admiral. And as she walks away, I think uh, you would notice Connor trying desperately not to watch her walk away. <laughs> Where are their headquarters? Do we know? You would know, but Jam doesn't. Because <laughs> that has not been decided yet, but All we right. can decide that. Uh, in that case, when I get to the top of the stairs, I will try the door. It's open. And I will open it and hold it open as the rest of them walk in. And scene! listening folks if you enjoyed this please leave us a review on your podcatcher of choice it'll help spread the word and also help others to find us too if you have any comments questions or just want to connect with us on twitter you can you can find us at at tales of podcast we'd love to hear from you the tales of podcast crew are erica as Maeve mckenzie you can reach her on twitter with at underscore erica fabio as connor o'leary Charles as Jacques de Beauregard. Mike as Lloyd. Everyone else and sound design was by me, Jan. You can reach me on Twitter with at thatlastjan. All music and sound effects used with permission and may have been edited or modified for use. Further details can be found in the show notes. <laughs> See you next episode! Charles, how do you feel about Jacques having a flirtationship with Maeve? Uh, I'm not against it, but... Uh, this is I, why I'm asking. No, 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 I don't think Jacques would be uncomfortable. Uh, He'd just be surprised. Um, These American women, they you are can, so forward. You can think about it, clearly. No, 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 no I, I, I think I know what Jacques would, would feel. Uh, Jacques would be very, very amused, and he would probably... Play a little bit coy, you know, like, oh, mademoiselle, this is neither the place nor, nor the time. <laughs> but there will be a time. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I just... I just probably, I, I was, I was, probably not in this episode, no, but like, as course. they get to know each other, mm. yeah, yeah. Also, apparently, I can fuck my way through the NPCs. I know, that's great. <laughs> well, I mean, you're going to have to try pretty hard if you want to fuck all the NPCs. Uh, there Is are that plenty- a challenge? <laughs> I mean, there's plenty that won't like you, so there will be a challenge if you want to fuck them. There's hate fucking. Fuck yeah. all the villains. <laughs> but I have, there, there will be plenty of neutral NPCs. NPCs are lying to you, and NPCs that you may be able to turn to neutral 
or does neutral mean just heavy petting? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, allied with you. 